James Tushner with Ag Tire Talk here. I'm with GRI's Rick Harris, Regional Sales Manager. Rick, let's start with an introduction. Hey, Rick Harris here, Nashville, Tennessee, working for Global Rubber Industries, which is GRI. They're a Sri Lankan company. Sri Lanka is an island off the southern coast of India. Uh, very familiar with being the world's largest producer of solid tires uh, because of a manufacturer that has 10 plants on the island. Well, it's interesting, you know, before we get into the detail on um, the, the f manufacturing facility, you know, one of the things that struck me is I looked at your technical, um, your data book. Of course, you can um, get that on agtiretalk.com. We've got all the manufacturer data books on there. It says that we believe that farmers who nourish the world are noble. So why don't you give a little color on that uh, and, and maybe paint a little bit broader picture of, you know, how, how GRI views the North American um, producer. Um, yeah. Give us, give us, give us some background on that. Sure. Well, just as in any enterprise, your human resource is your most valuable commodity. GRI sees the farmer as a very valuable commodity. There's that um, saying that goes round on occasion that you need your priest a couple of times in your lifetime, you need a doctor every once in a while, but the farmer you need three times a day. That's an interesting And GRI <laughs> <laughs> just tries to support that reality. On the island, they have farms of coconuts and of natural rubber which uh, assist in the tire production. They have some of the finest natural rubber on the planet called lancoprene. Some is used for space exploration and others for medical applications. But Sri Lanka is a, uh, a believer in the people and GRI is right there with that. Okay, so let's talk about that. You know, being in the tire business myself for about three decades, you know, we, we know that there's natural rubber production down there um, in Sri Lanka. So not everyone knows exactly where that's located um, akin to India. Why don't you give a little bit, um, just the broad geographic view for, uh, expand on that a little bit. Well, I didn't know where Sri Lanka was apart from my getting to know GRI. So in July of 2018, I flew to Sri Lanka and okay. just for an experience of what that's like, it's an hour from Nashville to Atlanta. And I flew through Doha, Saudi Arabia, and it took 15 hours from Atlanta to Doha on one of the largest planes in the world filled with people from Doha, India, and Sri Lanka. I think I was uh, one of the minority on the airplane. And then once you arrive in Doha, it's another five hours to Sri Lanka, to Colombo, the capital. <laughs> you know, I've had, I've flown to India before, you know, Western Europe is child's play, man. That's a seven yeah. hour deal, bro. I mean, it's <laughs> yes, no big deal. Yes. You start talking about going to the other end of the planet, man, you, that, it's a whole different deal. It is a, it's on the other side of the world. The <laughs> Indian Ocean surrounds it. And uh, it's a fantastic place. One time I was waiting for the GRI folks to come pick me up. And traffic in Sri Lanka is a little bit like traffic in all the major cities. It's a little bit of a nightmare. And a Sri Lankan 
came up to me while I was taking pictures of some architecture. I'm a little bit of a hobby photographer and said, hey, it's this holiday in Sri Lanka. You need to come see this, um, this place. And I said, okay, they're coming to pick me up. He said, ah, oh, five minutes, five minutes, just takes five minutes. So he hired a tuk-tuk, which is a three-wheeled motorcycle uh -huh. with kind of a carriage on the back. And we jumped in. In five minutes, we arrived at the place he wanted to show me. We walked around. He was like the tour guide. And then we got back in the tuk-tuk and uh, took me back to where I, I, uh, I started. And I just found that um, very enlightening about the type of people that are in Sri Lanka. English is a second language and friendly is just the start of what I experienced there. Well, good, good. So what a great story. You know, uh, speaking of stories, one of the things that struck me about GRI, seeing the press releases come through is uh, they've got a lot of solar paneled um, electric production. Um, it seems as if they're um, really focused on the sustainability thing that um, seems to continue to permeate more and more firms. So why don't you give a little bit of background on, on that? Absolutely. Well, the owner of GRI came to the United States and was educated at Cornell University okay. and a little bit also on the West Coast. And I think his time in America spurred him uh, to be more ecologically friendly and sustainable. So part of the GRI effort is sustainability. And we've got a, a huge movement right now, company-wide, towards that end. When they built the first factory in Sri Lanka, the first pneumatic factory in 2018, they had customers come in from Europe and plant trees. And then they have uh, water boilers, water reclamation, and I think it's 1.2 megawatts of solar panels on the roof of the factory. And recently, Sri Lanka's, or GRI's broken ground on their second pneumatic tire plant that okay. is going to quadruple their output. And I'm sure that one will have solar as well. All right, so let's talk up through, so um, is it privately held? You've got one guy owning it, and if so, who, who is that, who, who owns it? That is Prabash Subasinghe, okay. and it is privately owned. He owns the GRI Tire Factory, which started in 2002. He told a solid tire manufacturer in the U.S., um, I think it was in 2001 when they met, he said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to build a tire that will run with anybody and sell it for less. And about a year and a half ago, I met with that same person, and he said, Rick, he's done it. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about the factory a little bit. You've got one that's been going. So when was that um, commissioned? Um, I believe it was a few years ago, wasn't it? Yes. The uh, solid tire factory has been operating since 2002 and in okay. solid tires. Yeah. I'm sorry. I said, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And in solid tires in Europe, they're OE on major manufacturers, lift equipment, uh, wheel loaders and such. The pneumatic factory started in January of 2018. Okay, that's what Pro I'm thinking about. Production started in May of 2018, and I joined GRI in middle of August 2018. 
Okay, so um, with that factory, so the second factory, is it located is right akin to, is it a, a different location, one? And two is, is it going to be dedicated to um, agricultural tire production pneumatic as well? Yes, it's located right next to the solid tire manufacturer. You can okay. walk um, to each factory. Nice. And the 2018 pneumatic factory isn't, 100% dedicated to agricultural tires, but it would be 85% to agricultural tires. What else they you make it in there? Skid steer, grader, okay. rear backhoe, telehandler. Light construction stuff? Yes, light construction. And, and some 25-inch loaders, 15.525, 17.525, they also came out with a snow loader pattern this year small loads here. You know, it's interesting um, doing these podcasts and interviewing, we continue to see more and more of the light construction stuff permeating the agricultural markets. You know, as the producers get bigger, you know, there so many of them have a loader, right? So many of them have a skid steer. So many of them have a compact track loader, right? So, you know, that stuff is continuing to, and a lot of them have backhoes, um, continue to grow in the agricultural markets. So definitely a relevant point to make today. All yeah, right. We've so we've run into quite a few like uh, chicken farmers yeah. using the skid steers and uh, an application specific skid steer, not just a directional tread, but a non-directional because they're using it on hard surfaces. Okay. So it'll be a lot more durable. Well, very good. So um, let's get into um, the meat of the products that you've got here. So, um, First, let's just talk about um, your XLR series, right? You've got an XLR95, you've got an XLR65, an XLR85. Why don't you give us some background on really what the nomenclature means, XLR, what type of a line it is, and furthermore, you know, it, I'm assuming it's going to be the aspect ratio, um, but why don't you give us just a little bit of color of, on, on your naming conventions there for the XLR series? We'll sure get to that, James. But I appreciate being here and on the podcast. Thanks for having me on. And sparked a question is, how did this start for you? Oh, <laughs> well, that's certainly uh, interesting that you make, make mention of that. That's something that no one else has, has asked me. So, you know, back at the end of 16, um, I started to see the markets for agricultural get more and more complex, right? And your typical tire dealer, your typical equipment dealer was having trouble unravel all the technical new nuances of the growth of agricultural tires and specifically the VF technology. And then you've got sick field operation and a variety of other things. So there was all this advanced technology and a lot of people just weren't understanding it. And I could see where it would really help those producers out there improve yield, um, improve, improve their productivity and really at the end of the day, um, improve their bottom line. So that's why I started it, you know, and um, really just um, with some guiding couple of simple guiding principles. One is we really look to keep it fun, right? We try to be low pressure. Um, if someone's missing a deadline, which is often uh, with the manufacturers, um, you know, we don't push them, right? We want to keep it light and keep it fun. Life, life's just too short. Um, the other guiding principle is, is we take the engineering jargon out and we simplify it, right? Um, so we really take those really complex concepts and we make it easy for the producers, the tire dealers, and the equipment dealers to understand it, right? And, 
so that's really one uh, um, angle and, and guiding principle we'd adhere to um, all of the time. And, um, you know, and lastly, um, we really try to be on the cutting edge of technology. You know, the blog is, if you log on to it, the future of tire technology. We really try to keep the tire dealers, the equipment dealers, and the producers on the leading edge of all the technical attributes and, and products that are out there. So they can really get a leading edge on, um, at the end of the day, um, be ahead of the curve when it comes to um, improving their bottom line with, with tire technology. So uh, thanks for asking that. Uh, the, I was I wasn't expecting that um, right right then. Um, so um, well, that's all right. It, <laughs> it, it, it sparks from my time at Farm Progress and National Farm Machinery Show, and being exposed to some of the producers out there that are using such, in my view, sophisticated technology and applications to increase yield. I, I, I sat and listened to one guy and there must've been a hundred people sitting on those benches and I was riveted because I didn't realize how much technology and advanced thought and application was out there within our producers. And for 30 minutes, I was just absolutely riveted. And I have that same type of experience in the tire business I've always been the guy that looks for the application-specific tires, the new thing, and tried to promote those awesome. out in the marketplace so I can really identify and appreciate what the podcast and the website is doing out there in the marketplace because there's a lot of things that make sense to an engineer, but we have a tough time understanding them out here in the marketplace. And when someone could explain those things with metaphors and analogies and simple terms. Uh, it's very helpful. I've always used the thing that if I can't explain it to the guy on the tractor, <laughs> I don't know it well enough. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Perfect. Well, good, good. Well, I enjoyed that. Thank you. Not that. that I'm a specialist, but that's my marker anyhow. All right. Very good. Well, you got a bunch of different products on here and um, we touched upon the XLR series. Correct me if I'm wrong, that's, um, is it an R1 and an R1W or is it just a straight R1W? Well, it is an R1W throughout the full line, except when we get into the XLR95, the sprayer series or the okay. row crop sprayer series. In that, uh, it's an R1. That's the deviation. All right, so um, let's start with that. So um, the XLR95, so why'd you choose an R1 versus an R1W? Well, typically on a sprayer application, it's high weight in road um, transport and the tread would squirm much more with Good if point. it's an R1W and deeper. So we're looking for wear and ride and wear improves dramatically the shorter the tread and you just uh, compound it differently to improve the resistance to abrasive wear and the roading. And uh, yeah, that's why. Yeah, so you know, it's interesting about the sprayer market. You know, um, it's easy to forget um, that you really the, the sprayers are, for all intents and purposes, all, all the large ones are self-propelled, right? So they don't yeah. need that really deep 
lugged for pulling um, as much. And we've seen a number of hybrid tread designs as of late. But the point is, is that um, it's different than the tractor, right? Because you don't need that deep. It's not like a full wheel drive where it's got that deep ripping where you need that massive lug in there. So yeah, man, an R1, R1 makes sense. It does make sense. Absolutely. Now what we all need to work on in the tire industry is some type of auto inflation so they can pump up the air pressure <laughs> for road transport and lower yeah. back down when they get to the field. <laughs> Amen. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking for someone to come out with that magic wand and that pixie dust, brother. Someone it, can make it happen. It's going to happen. It's my subjective. Auto yeah. inflation too. Yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll have a, <laughs> in a few years when it comes out, if I'm right, we'll have a... Um, well, right now in the in the, the row crop sprayer market, the XLR95, the popular size that we have is the 380 Okay. And we have it in a 155A8 for the light sprayers and then uh -huh. also a 168D uh, 40 mile an hour tire for the heavier sprayers. And this year we're testing four sets of a 172D. That's um, not an IF or BF. It's the highest load capacity that we can manage without that technology. So we'll have to, we're anxious to see the results of those tests. We've got some mounted up already, and I'll be traveling around interviewing the folks that are testing them in video as well. Very good. You know, 172D certainly is the most popular load, load speed index in that 380-90-46. You're doing a standard. Um, are you ultimately looking to do a VF as well? Yes, absolutely. In many sizes, we're testing the IF and VF okay. production in Europe at this point in time. Okay. They've asked me for a few sizes, and I've given them the 380-90-46 and the 650-65-38 sprayer sizes for test, and they're looking at the 173 IF and VF. Very good. So uh, that dovetails right into the XLR65. You made mention of the 650-65-38. So what load speed index are you making that thing up? 168D. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Got the decent. And that one on is that. also being tested this year. We've got four sizes of it testing in the 172D as well. There's a, a set mounted up in San Angelo, Texas at this point, ready to go grow some cotton. All right. Is that um, an R1W or is that an R1 in that particular offering? That is an R1W. And one thing uh, of note with GRI is they want to build a premium product for a more reasonable price. And they also want it to look and perform at a premium level. So the sidewall definition, the lettering, Stampings. on all the XLR series really looks good. It looks fantastic. We've been at Farm Progress, National Farm Machinery Show several times and all the folks that have seen the product visually remark on their aesthetics. Well, that actually leads me to a question. So are you designing all of your stuff in Sri Lanka or are there some other countries that you've got to some design people as well? We are designing everything in Sri Lanka. The head office is in Colombo and the, okay. the plant's about 60K away from that. But the owner um, grew up, some of his friends that he grew up with are within the company. And one 
is Acela Gunawardena, the director of marketing. And the aesthetics of GRI, the marketing of GRI is really a brainchild of Acela's efforts in his team. In the, he's very proud of that and protective of it, and he needs to be. It really is a really good looking product, and he's seen to all the details to keep it that way. Excellent. Okay, so let's talk about the tread design. So it's an R1W, um, just looking at it, it's a continuous angle, right? Um, so basically, um, when it comes to that, it's really following suit to where all of the, the latest modern R1Ws and R1s are. Um, anything to add on the particular tread design that you've chosen? Absolutely, it's a full width tread in the uh continuous bar angle being 45 degrees thereabouts yep. is much more popular um, in areas where there's hills because it'll hold you on hill a lot better than a flatter bar angle uh -huh. uh, like it, some in here in the U.S. offer, uh -huh. as well as we overlap the bars in the center 5% on both our radial and our bias offerings. And that overlap has a large button which provides a more continuous center rib as okay. you're transporting so a, a more continuous center ribs lead to better ride and we have a lot of reports to that effect that they do ride very good the the set that we tested on the xlr 85 um, a few years ago i was visiting tire dealers up in Upper Sandusky, Ohio. And one tire dealer that I visited happened to look at the sizes that I had. And he said, hey, I see you got the 650 8538. Uh -huh. And I see it's, it's even in the, 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 the 173D, the right load index and speed, in, in speed rating. I'm uh -huh. sorry? Well, not, over, not overly popular in the US. They're here, but yes, uh -huh. That's, that is interesting. Yeah, when, when I saw it, on the size lineup, I thought it might have been a typo. I, I was familiar with the 650, 65, 38, but not an 85, 38. So I asked him, what's the application? And in, up there, they're dueling them up on the front of a combine. Okay. And uh, yeah, he agreed at uh, a later date to offer a test set to one of his farmers uh, up in that area. And this past December, I went and visited after they harvested 1,300 acres of corn and 800 acres of soybean. And both of these two gentlemen had nothing but high praise to say over the tire's resistance to stubble. Apparently, the farmer sprayed the soybean with a fungicide that makes the stalks extra tough. And he had some stubble stompers blocking one tire and the other tire was exposed and you couldn't see stubble damage on either tire for a complete harvest. So he was very satisfied with the stubble resistance of the compounding in the GRI tire, as well as he said it virtually eliminated road lope compared to the brand he was using before. You know, very interesting. And, uh, you know, it, stubble, right? That's a big deal as that we do way more deal. GMO here. Uh, West Europe does far, far less of that. And, um, you know, one of the things that was brought up in our stubble contribution, how to deter it is, 
you know, many people had come out and said that that 45 degree lug, um, that continuous angle was good for the stubble rather than a lower degree, simply because it, it was able to deflect that stock a little bit easier, right? Mm -hmm. It just kind of yeah. just took it and just deflected it right off of it. So that was one of the clean takeaways from that contribution. So with you being that, having that R1W and that um, 45, basically 45 degree continuous angle, um, certainly worth noting. That, that's a good point, James, because the, the tire dealer remarked on the front, the leading edge of the lugs lack of stock damage from from the corn he's like hey there's nothing there compared to what we had typically seen and he had some other combines there that had other brands that had some stubble penetration and stubble damage so they they were happy about that i had someone tell me one time they're making gmo crops a hardness up in the 90s a durometer <laughs> uh, the hardest that they can make tires is in the 70s so it's a losing battle all the way all the way around for the tire, you know, the rollers and the stubble stompers, um, some type of stubble feet, anything to push it over before the tire gets there is a help to the tires engineering as well. Well, yeah. And, you know, just to sum it up, it really seems to be three main points that um, over and over come up. One is the compound. Two is the long angle, right? And three is having that stubble knockdown or the stubble stomper of sorts mm -hmm. um, to, to go and help that uh, process. So great points, great clean takeaways as well on that. Uh, what, one item that the um, GRI does have is a field hazard and stubble damage okay. warranty for three years. Okay. So is it three so years? protected even if it, Yes. Okay. Yeah. On the radial. Okay. All the XLRs. Very good. Yeah. All right. So that's a wrap on the XLR series, um, R1 and R1W. We talked about the fact that it was an R1 in the sprayer series, R1W for most of the other sizes, a continuous angle 45 degree lug. So let's get on to um, your heavy duty radial flotation tire. You've got a green XLR F77. Let's talk about it looks like you've got one size here. I think it's a 560-60R225. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. That's correct. Okay. The speed rate, 40 miles an hour. Okay. So what did, so what'd you build it for? What's going on? That's going on a wagon, smaller wagons over in Europe. Okay. Yeah. Um, D speed rated. So why'd you choose a D? Because they pull those wagons on the road, just like we do here in the U.S., and you need a D, at least a D, um, to keep the tire together. Very good. So uh, you started with 22.5s. We all know the flotation market really has three broad segments when it comes to um, rim divers. You've got 22.5s, 26.5s, and 30.5s. Can you give us a little color as to where you see the line going in the future? Yeah, good question. We started picking sizes for radial flotation development in an HF3 pattern, a more aggressive directional or non-directional high flotation tread. Um, summer of last year. So we have about 10 sizes, 26.5, up into a 7, 10, 40, 26.5 under development for production this year. Okay. Um, unless they put in some bigger equipment in the new plant, and I, I imagine Prabosh will install some equipment that can produce the 30.5s. At this time, that's beyond our equipment's capabilities. But we are sufficiently pursuing the 26.5 market and 22.5 in a 
mud tire. Okay. 40 mile an hour. Well, I noticed it's F-77 being non-directional, uh, but one other point I wanted to bring up, so it's steel belt. So um, first of all, is, is, is this the only steel belt offering you have? One and two, is, why did you choose only. a steel belt? Okay, okay. Um, yeah. So why'd you go with a steel belt instead of just going with nylon and calling it a day? Well, in, <clears throat> just like in passenger tires, back in the day they had bias and then they had glass belted and now they have steel belted. <laughs> yeah, the belt that. packages keep the tire together under speed. Everything wants to expand as you accelerate. Mm -hmm. And if you have steel belts, that keeps everything compressed. Okay. So as it compressed, stays compressed, you have less heat and more uniformity. Better longevity, correct? Yeah, correct. Very good, good. And a flatter footprint too. All right, so um, you've got to, so let's talk this dual layer tie bar. So what is that thing? I'm sorry? There's a dual layer tire, tie bar, tie bar is, and, and mud breakers provides excellent okay. self-cleaning? Yes, absolutely. Well, in all applications, we have mud breakers, the XLR series, and okay. the uh, flotation, the mud flotation. And the mud breakers just relieve the suction when the mud's adhered to the casing or the carcass. Okay. So there's a little difference deformation. It's kind of like a, a step down lug on a skid steer. They step down so it helps the mud unsheath from the tire and a tire that doesn't have mud on it rolls more free, has more yes. traction and uses less fuel. All things that will improve the bottom line for the farmer. Well, very good. Okay. So um, any other points you want to bring up on your um, radial steel belted flotation, non-directional, de-speeded flotation tire. That's where we see a lot of the market going. Okay. We have, we have a lot of, a, a large footprint in Europe. And in Europe at this point, the 65 series, the 70 series, and the radial flotation market, all those sizes are used in our OE in that market. In the last few years at the farm machinery shows, I've been noticing a lot of the European brands coming to market with the 65 and 70 series. And then a lot of familiar brands domestically also adding one, one domestic brand had nothing but 65 series on them. And I, I asked the salesperson why the 65 series and they say they look better. And I guess that's <laughs> I've had, you know, it's interesting, even the big OEs, and I won't say which one told me this uh, back in yeah. the day when they used to call on them, they said that tires are sex, the sexy part of the machine, right? So um, yeah. that, that... for years, I asked uh, manufacturers after manufacturers why in passenger and light truck, they make a directional, a non-directional and an asymmetrical. Oh, yeah, right. And and for years, all I heard was tire engineering gobbledygook, right? Nothing really made sense. And then this one manufacturer rep said, Rick, do you like blondes, brunettes, or rednecks? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's funny. Great? That's funny. <laughs> well, um, here we go. Uh, that, that's that's certainly a great point, and certainly adding the injecting a bit of humor, which we certainly certainly all need, man. So uh, thank you for that. Um, all right, so as we close our time, uh, that's our our flotation 
offering. Is there anything that you'd like to add to, to sum up? Um, you know, now you, how many years you've been employed for GRI now? A uh, couple, did you say? Yeah, almost three. Be so, three this August. You painted the picture on, um, you know, the solar panels and really trying to be good stewards in the environment, right? You, you painted that picture. Um, you painted the picture of where it is geographically, right? Right on the south part of India, right? And you, you also um, painted the picture of really tr striving to um, keep your quality levels up. So is there anything else that um, you want to add as we close our time together? Just an all, really a well-rounded company altogether that is really trying to do the right thing for the producer and uh, provide a product that is premium for a very good value in the market. Something that is going to be tough, that's going to hold up in the marketplace that you can count on. We don't have all the super advanced tire sizing and technology at this point, but we're working towards that. But what we really do have is some very premium, good value bread and butter tires, the things that everybody's using out there in the marketplace today. Well, thank you for that, Rick. You know, it really paints a clear picture for us. And that's a wrap. Thank you.